You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Let's start today's show by talking a little bit about the the news that Marcus Golden has passed his physical, signed his unrestricted free agent tender, and will be a member of your New York Giants for the 2020 season. Golden, of course, had 10 sacks for the Giants last year, playing on a one-year prove-it contract after a couple of down seasons, had 12 and a half sacks in, uh, I believe it was 2016 for the Arizona Cardinals, couple of down seasons caused by a knee injury, comeback season for him last year, and had entered free agency expecting to find a pretty robust free agent market, expecting to... Uh, to find a pretty pretty sizable contract considering that pass rushers are usually uh, paid a premium, especially in free agency. Golden, though, didn't find that market. And when, he, when that didn't materialize for him, when no offers materialized for him uh, in free agency, the Giants took advantage of that with the rarely used unrestricted free agent tender, placing a value on him that, that is equivalent to 110% of his contract for 2019 which now that he signed it I believe will be 4.125 million you know that that uh, established a market for golden no other team decided to match or exceed that number so golden will be back he'll join a pass rush group that includes guys he played with last year Lorenzo Carter O'Shane Zimenez um, he'll also join uh, new giant uh, edge rusher Kyler Fackrell, one of the free agents from uh, the Green Bay Packers, as well as uh, seventh-round pick Carter Coughlin, possibly sixth-round pick Cameron Brown if the Giants uh, use him on the edge as well. So good news for the Giants that uh, that Golden is back, adds a good player to their defense not really what I would consider a number one pass rusher, not a guy that teams really plan for, not a guy who has to be double teamed, but he's a good player. He's an effort player. He's a solid locker room guy. He's a solid pro. He'll be a good addition to this team. Really interesting move by the Giants, one that really uh, speaks to a New England Patriots style move, perhaps influenced by new Giants head coach Joe Judge, who of course spent the last several seasons in New England. The Patriots, in fact, I believe were the last team to use this 
unrestricted free agent tender, I believe using it on LeGarrette Blunt, a running back, back in uh, 2017. So interesting move, hopefully pays dividends for the Giants as they try to to build a better defense in 2020. couple of, uh, of notes. We get some availability from head coach Joe Judge and some of the Giants players this week. Thursday, we will get a chance to hear via Zoom video conference from quarterback Daniel Jones, defensive lineman Dalvin Tomlinson, and linebacker Blake Martinez. On Friday, we'll hear from wide receiver Sterling Shepard, defensive tackle Leonard Williams, who I know nobody has any interest at all in, and, and running back Saquon Barkley, an, another player I know nobody cares to hear from. So uh, be be looking for, for stories on uh, on our conversations with all of those guys, Giants fans. I know that uh, that it's been rough sledding, you know, looking for uh, looking for content, looking for new things, hoping to hear from players. This week, we finally get an opportunity to do that. We'll bring you as much coverage from from those press conferences, from those uh, video conferences, I should say, as we possibly can. Yours truly will be uh, will be dialed into as many of those as I possibly can, and, and we'll bring you uh, you full coverage from uh, from all of those. So uh, please remember to check out Big Blue View and look forward to those things. What I want to do right now, Giants fans, is take a quick break. For a word from our SB Nation sponsors, when we come back, I'm going to be talking to uh, Ryan Dunleavy, NFL and Giants writer for the New York Post, about a wide variety of NFL and Giants-related topics. So uh, stay tuned. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Giants fans, I am joined now by Ryan Dunleavy, part of the outstanding staff of NFL writers at the New York Post. Ryan, thank you very, very much for uh, spending some time with me. Thanks for having me on, Ed. Hey, listen, I've got to start here. Is this as weird for you as it is for me? I mean, at this point in time, we'd be a week or so into training camp. We'd be knee-deep in practice reports and player features and all that. And, and here we are both sitting at home talking to each other. This is strange for you as it is for me. Yeah, it is. But it's been like that. You know what I mean? It, it was weird to cover the draft the way we did. It was weird not to have OTAs. It's been weird to call so many trainers because you don't have access to players. It's been a weird offseason start to finish. So I really honestly am not surprised to be sitting at home chomping at the bit for August 12th or 16th or whenever we get to see something that'll Normally, we'd be like, oh, God, this is so boring. Put the pads on. And instead, when they line up to run receiver drills against air, as they say, we'll be dying to see it. Yes, we will. You know, the only thing that uh, the only thing that's been helped so far uh, by this by this whole mess, the only thing that's been helped is my golf game because my (laughs) handicap is going down. (laughs) I've heard a lot of my buddies who are NFL writers say that is uh, 
they uh that's the one place that's great for social distancing is an 18 hole golf course but i don't golf but i've heard quite a few of my friends have said that uh they've gotten much better in the last three four months well it is one of the few things that, that you can do so uh so hey let's talk a little uh a little football obviously we've got to kind of start with the uh with the pandemic stuff and all the changes and you know you've been talking to some folks around the nfl and and all of that what is your general takeaway you know from what you've seen from what you've heard from people on whether or not you're optimistic and whether or not the people you've talked to are optimistic that the nfl can get through a season especially without the mess that baseball already finds itself in well that's funny ed those are two different things right like do i think they'll get through a season yes do i think they'll have some mess like baseball already does yes like I would be surprised if every NFL game is played as scheduled for 16 weeks and then we go to playoffs and a Super Bowl on time. That would surprise me. I expect some games will have to get canceled or postponed. I expect the Super Bowl might even have to be pushed back a couple weeks. I won't I, I expect they'll get through it, but you know, the, they'll have to adjust on the fly. Kind of baseball is getting a lot of grief, but baseball has done something I've never seen before, which is just like change the schedule midstream. Like the Yankees were supposed to play the Orioles and all of a sudden they're playing the Phillies and the Phillies were supposed to be here. And now they're playing this team. Like uh, I think the NFL might have to do some of that. Cause I don't think it'll be smooth. Do I think they'll get through it? I do. I think they're determined, headstrong, full in a China shop about it. Um, they think they're the smartest league. So they expect that they'll be able to do things that other leagues haven't been able to do. Uh, I think, and I think, look, really what's driving this is in an era where revenue is going to be hurt this year from no fans, TV revenue is incredibly important. And if Ed Valentine is starting at quarterback for the Lions in a Lions jersey, well, they can still sell that as a Lions game. So they don't need Matthew Stafford there to tell you that it's a Lions game. So I think that's pretty much what's going to happen is expanded rosters, deeper practice squads, more players than ever, and just kind of shuffle them through and hope everybody stays healthy and the people who aren't healthy, hope they, you know, it's minor symptoms and just keep on, keep the truck rolling. Yeah. But you know, if I'm doing my George Plimpton for the, for the lions, I haven't started a game at quarterback in about 47 years now. So I think our passing attack is about five yards and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, they drafted a running back in the second round. So you just feed him the rock. There, you, I can hand the ball off that I can do. Yep. yep. All right. So has there been any talk that you've heard? I haven't seen anything about, we're getting at a point in baseball now where it's pretty obvious that you're going to have teams ending the season with different numbers of games. What, what happens if we end up there with the NFL? How do they figure playoffs and all of that out? Well, yeah, it's a good question. And all along I've been asking questions of the, to people in the NFL and it's kind of like, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. That's what I kept hearing all off the all spring is like, <laughs> we're not there yet. We have time. And that now you're going to get that about, like, what's the plan if this happens? What's the plan if this happens? Well, we're not there yet. But, uh, no, I think the NFL is in a advantage there where, like, there's only 16 games you have to get through. So if that means, you know, you attack on a week to the regular season, I think I've seen reports that the Super Bowl site – where is it, Ed? Is it uh, 
Tampa this year? I think it's Tampa this year. I believe uh, so. I know it's the only – I know it's not Vegas that much. I know for sure. <laughs> I think it's Tampa. I think I've seen something where, like, the, the site is available, like, every weekend in February. So, like, it's possible that they could push it back. Um, so, yeah, if they end up tacking on a week, uh, where only, you know, six games are played because six games were canceled throughout the course of the season. So there's a week 18 of six random games being played while other teams basically have a bye. I think that that that's a very strong possibility that'll happen. Um, they did some scheduling contingencies. I'm sure you've talked to your listeners about where, like, you know, they all the teams are have one home game and one away game uh, in week three and four and there are no division games so you could just end up lopping those two weeks off the schedule if you had to so they're prepared they've done some interesting things like I said I I expect they'll play all the games but I don't expect they'll play all the games on time hey before we talk specifically about about the Giants I did have one more question we saw I think on Monday night that uh, that the the NFL and the NFLPA you know formalized some of the changes to the CBA and the, and the thing that really interests me and has interested me for a while is the practice squad stuff. And listen, it interests me. And, and I just kind of want your opinion. I've been in favor for a while. I like the idea of expanding the practice squad. I like the idea of allowing a couple of extra veteran players to be on that practice squad and the other thing that I really, really like that they came out with is the idea that players on IR can be brought back if they're healthy after three weeks. I've been calling for a baseball-style sort of injured list for a long time now because I think that, you know, COVID-19 aside, I think that helps the quality of rosters at the end of seasons. It helps the quality of play. So really, I'm just looking for your thoughts on on practice squad on some of those changes that uh, that were made as to whether you like them or not. I'm a hundred percent on board with you on all those steps. I think the practice squad's a good thing. Football doesn't have minor leagues. Baseball does, obviously. It's really a complete baseball model. You mentioned it with IR, but the practice squad is essentially triple A. So. Uh, I like expanding that. I like letting veterans on it. I've always thought it was odd that only uh, rookies can be on that. If a veteran wants to take the practice squad, you know, minimum amount of payment, then they should be allowed to do that. Uh, extends their careers. The IR thing, I agree. I always thought that was foolish of the NFL that you're, you know, you're out for the season with as soon as you're designated on IR. I thought that was silly. Uh, a couple years ago, they made it so that you could have two guys come back. Now you said, and you mentioned the three-week rule. I just, I think it's smarter. It makes it more of a disabled list or an injury list, as they call it in MLB now, than it does injured reserve. I just, I think it's smarter. I think, especially in this season, and I'd like to see it continue in the future. I'll give you one other thing, Ed. A lot of sports writers right now are writing, and I think I've done it too. I'm guilty of it too, that uh, it's going to be harder than ever to make an NFL team as a, as a fringe guy, whether you're an undrafted rookie or a guy who's bounced around for one or two years, uh, the guys, you know, 50 to 53 to 55, it's going to be harder to get in that mix. And I've written that and I get it. There's no OTAs, limited training camp practices, no preseason games, but one agent and one coach were in my ear this weekend saying, 
Well, we're also going to need more guys than ever. So, yeah, it might be hard to make that first 53, but there's a much better chance we're going to – there's a chance we're going to set a record for the number of players who have played for us this year. Like, you know, guys opting out, guys uh, – Got bigger practice squads, guys, you know, getting COVID tests on a Friday or a Saturday and getting positive. So there's a chance where our Rolodex is going to have to be deeper than ever. So you might not make that 53, but you're, 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 it's really true this year that your phone could ring at any point. And coaches like to say that in years past, but this year, really, I think you, you could see more players than ever on your team. You, you might not even recognize guys from week to week outside the stars. That's a good point. You know, I, I feel bad for some of the, the undrafted guys, like the, the guys that, that the Giants cut the other day to, uh, to get down to 80. But as you said, their phone might ring. And at, at some point with, with teams needing players, at least to add to practice squads as the year goes on. And, and the other part of that is, uh, is with the, with the IR stuff, as you said, you know, it, I hate to see guys who are healthy by week four, not get a chance to play, Yeah. you know, and then you wind up in week 12 with a guy who's been out of the league for a year and a half, getting signed to play for four weeks. And, and that's a mess. And I, I yep. hate that. So, so we'll see how all of that works out. Hey, let's, uh, let's do this. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, about the, the uh, about the New York Giants and obviously by now in a normal season we would have seen some off-season practices we would have seen you know and uh, we would have seen probably a week of training camp we'd have a better idea how the Giants were going to do things and maybe who was going to play where but you know right now we're just we're all sort of you know, trying to figure that out on the fly, but really just your thoughts at this point on what you can tell about Joe Judge, the job he's done and how you feel um, about, you know, maybe what you think about, about the idea that, you know, whether he might be the long-term answer for the Giants finally at head coach. Well, it's impossible to know the long-term answer until you see a guy actually coach football, right? Because I think I think Joe Judge has done a nice job of kind of galvanizing his guys around what could be an easy to complain situation. I won class complainer in high school, so I know that I would be complaining left and right if this was me. Uh, this is unfair. We're so far behind. How do they expect us to do this? Kind of like Odell. So uh, I would be in that boat. I also think he's done a nice job. He definitely has personnel influence. I, I asked him a question the other day, Ed, um, when Nate Solder opted out, and I said, it's freed up $13-$16 million in cap space. Do you guys expect to be active in free agency? It's obviously a better question for Gettleman, but Gettleman wasn't available to us. So I asked Judge, and I could just hear Pat Shermer, and this isn't a knock on Pat Shermer. This is what most coaches would do. Uh, saying like, oh, I don't pay attention to that stuff. You guys know more about the salary cap than I do. I just coach these guys. And Joe Judge is like, no, we don't feel like we have money burning holes in our pockets. He's involved in the, in the personnel building of this team. I think that's a good thing. I think you want your coach involved in that. As a special teams coach, he is good at evaluating players. So I like everything he's done so far. To say he's a long-term coach, you don't know because – you know, if he's punting on fourth and one from the opponent's 35, like Todd Bowles, he's going to get run out of town. So 
Uh, you just don't know how a guy is going to be on game day until you actually see him. But I like everything he's done behind the scenes and CEO-wise. It's an interesting point that you raise about his, his involvement in personnel because I, I've had kind of the same feeling that, that a lot of, of things that have been done, you know, have been done and maybe not because he demanded them or asked for them, but with his influence. And, and I'm wondering, you know, I love the Marcus Golden move for the Giants, you know, bringing him back on the, on the one-year unrestricted free agent tender. And I don't know if that was a Dave Gettleman move, a I Joe know. Judge it, thing. Yeah, or That's a, straight out of the Patriots playbook. Yeah, that's that's oh, what they did, did to LeGarrette Blount a couple years ago, and no one had ever even heard of it, you know? Right. That's straight out of Belichick's playbook, and you know that you know that was something Judge uh, brought to the Giants that they had never even thought of doing. You just know that without even knowing it. Yeah, it didn't. It it doesn't sound like something that that would have been in 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 Dave's playbook. That's for sure. No, I mean, and that's not a no. I mean, I don't even know if I don't even know if other GMs knew that, or if other personnel guys knew that, or if other coaches knew that. I, that's not Dave. That's not to say like, oh, Dave's you know, a technological Luddite or whatever. That's, that's just a very rare thing that is very rarely done. And uh, I, it, that's why the Patriots are the Patriots. That's who they are. So I'm surprised, honestly, that I haven't seen Patricia do it with the Lions or Flores do it with the Dolphins. I think probably they dusted off something that you're going to see done more often. The one thing is you very rarely have a player who was such a good bargain that it's worth doing it for. Like there's no reason for the Seahawks to do that to Jadavion Clowney, who was just coming off a franchise tag, because that's a huge number to give him the uh, 110% salary. The thing was, it, all the cards lined up for the Giants because they had Golden, who outproduced his contract, but didn't get a big offer in free agency. So it was like, oh, we got a bargain last year. We can get a bargain again. All right. So, you know, one of the, the questions that I get asked all the time, so I'll kind of put it on your plate, is with with COVID-19, with everything that's going on, no spring, all that, all the stuff that we know, how do you, how do you assess in 2020, how do you assess success or failure, you know, for the Giants once, uh, once the dust kind of settles and once it's all said and done? You know, I look at it like it's for me, it's really put everything else aside and it's about answering whatever questions you can about Joe Judge and Daniel Jones. And, and I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's worth it to try to figure out the rest of it at this point. But how how would you really assess, you know, success or failure when it's done? I don't know that you can grade Joe Judge this year. I like I almost it's almost to me it's like a blank learning curve pre pass year for Joe Judge. I do think you can grade pretty much everybody else because all the players on the Giants are on all, the same playing field with all the players on the day. Nobody else started workouts early. Nobody else got this in college football. Some teams got spring camp in. Some teams didn't. That's some teams are going to play. Some teams aren't. The NFL is a level playing field, so you can grade Daniel Jones against you know, Kyler Murray, because they're both second year quarterbacks who have the same, you know, amount of preparation for this year. So to me, I think you can grade the players. It's a huge year for Jones to, if he develops, I think that's a big step forward, regardless of the win total. If Saquon Barkley stays healthy and dominates like he did as a rookie, I think that's a huge step forward. 
if the defense has any playmakers, any at all, if anybody on the defense is and makes any kind of difference, that's a step. Because I don't, I don't know that you know other than Marcus Coleman, who's 29 years old and is you know he's a good pass rusher, but he's one dimensional. They didn't really like. I didn't see enough from Jabril Preppers last year. I didn't see enough from Lorenzo Carter, from Leonard Williams, from Dalvin Tomlinson. I want to see more from all those guys if they're going to be building blocks and not just this this crop that's going to be replaced in two or three years. Uh, I think you can grade all the players and then get them. In. I mean, obviously, you can't just give if the Giants are four and twelve again. You can't just throw up. Uh, well, get them and get the pass because there was no off season. No, that's that's not how it works. Right. So the last thing that I want to talk about, and I think you're on the sort of on the front end of, of beginning to to write and report about this. I think I saw you write about this on uh, on on Tuesday morning, and, and that is the uh, the looming Saquon Barkley contract negotiations. And we don't know where it's going to end up. We don't know how much money is going to wind up being on the table, but just tell folks really, I mean, are they anywhere at this point? Have they even begun talking about that? Is that, or is that kind of, you know, down the road and just, you know, something that, that we have to know is coming. So the giants know it's coming, but you can't actually, you know, and I'm doing air quotes right now. If you can't see me, you can't actually legally have a contract extension with a rookie till after his third season. So that's where Jamal Adams and the Jets were, and that obviously blew up. So the Giants and Saquon can't actually talk about it till after this season. But it's going to be brought up right after this season. So Christian McCaffrey got his extension after three years. Todd Gurley got his extension after three years. Ezekiel Elliott held out for an extension after three years. So to think Saquon Barkley is not going to want one after three years is naive. So he's going to want one next season. He's not the holdout type, and the Giants really aren't the – knock them out, drag them out type if they like you. They were like that with Odell Beckham, but they, you know, weren't, they won't be like that, I don't think, with somebody like Saquon, who they see as their next Eli Manning face the franchise kind of guy. So I think next year you're looking at Saquon probably being the highest paid running back in the NFL, which is four years, $70 million, four years, $72 million, something like that, maybe a fifth year to bump it up to $90 million, a team option there. Like, that's what you're looking at. And that is a huge part of your salary cap space. But uh, as I mentioned in my story on the post, in the post today and online today, um, there's a couple of complicating factors. Who is the GM negotiating this with Saquon? Is it Gettleman? Because if they're 4-12, and 12, it isn't going to be Gettleman. And the next GM might not be a guy who wants to pay a running back a lot of money. There are very few of those guys left who want to do that. Uh, What's the salary cap next year? Is it 175 million because of lost revenues, or is it 198 million? That's a big deal. The Giants are lucky. Daniel Jones is on a rookie contract that makes him affordable, so they can take care of Saquon before they have to pay their quarterback a lot of money. That's what the Rams did with Gurley and Goff. Uh, there's a lot of really does Saquon stay healthy? If he only plays 10 games this year, he's going to have a hard time getting a big contract after three years. Uh, so yeah, that, and then there's a the factor, right? Gurley was a disappointment after signing his contract. Devonta Freeman was a disappointment. Um, uh, there's a LaShawn McCoy 
signed one. We don't juries out on Zeke and McCaffrey. Derrick Henry just signed one. So teams keep giving big contracts to running backs, even though the results keep saying, eh, you probably don't want to do this. The Giants aren't really going to have a choice. Everyone I talked to around the NFL, I made a dozen calls. Everybody says the Giants and Saquon are headed towards a long, amicable partnership because they made that decision when they drafted him number two overall. That wasn't a three, four, five-year decision. That was an eight, nine-year decision. That's the way they. That's the way they build it. That's the way that they uh, that they sold it. And uh, really, I think you're absolutely right. I think they're headed to uh, headed to that kind of a partnership. We'll just see if it if it pays off for the Giants long term. Hey Ryan, really appreciate your spending some time with me. Uh, I know you, uh, I believe you have your own podcast these days and I know you're at the post and all of that. So why don't you, uh, why don't you tell folks where they can find uh, all of your work and, and where they can chat with you online if they don't already know. Thanks, Ed. Yeah, uh, obviously me, Paul Schwartz, uh, Mark Canizero, Steve Serby uh, got, you know, strong giants. We'll have a strong giants presence every day. Uh, be there as often as possible, as allowed. And we still find plenty of content even when we're not there, right? So New New York, uh, you know, the NY Post Twitter account, NY Post Sports Twitter account, uh, my Twitter account's at R-Y-D-U-N-L-E-A-V-Y, R-Y-D-U-N-L-E-A-V-Y, Instagram, same handle, nypost.com. That's where all your Giants coverage will be. And hopefully you and I will be standing six feet apart on a sideline at a practice sooner or later. Sooner or later, wearing a mask, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course. All right. Hey, appreciate it. Thank you much. And like, like you said, hopefully I'll be, I'll be seeing you uh, in a week or so. Sounds good. Ed. Thanks for All having right. me on. Take care. All right, Giants fans. That's our show for today. Thank you all as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, wear a mask, wash your hands, socially distance whenever you can, do everything that you can to keep yourself and those around you healthy. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.